networking. I hadn't even thought about the networking aspect of it because even though I, I don't go to, I don't know, Andy, where do you get your haircut? Because I, I think it's a, a number one on the. Yeah, like it's a, nothing, nothing on the side, uh, and so, then we work our way up to a, a three. Um, and yeah, uh, it look, I mean, it looks good, but I, I, there's no investment there, obviously. There's an investment. I invest every month. Um, I'm not buying or selling businesses when I go in and get my haircut. Um, no. But uh, you know, one, one day when Emily is, uh, she she's been cutting my hair for for 12 years now. You know, so I'm I'm playing the long game with her when she's uh, when she's ready to franchise and expand out um, and then she she creates this empire like Ben is creating then I'll, I'll I'm gonna be capitalizing on on the sale of, uh, of her, her place uh, perfect perfect Welcome back to the Apex Business Advisors. No, welcome back to the award-winning <laughs> Apex Business Advisors podcast. Your co-hosts of the year. <laughs> I'm Andy Cavanaugh, joined as always by Doug Hubler. Doug, fresh off some hardware. Congratulations on your no. co-host of the year award. No, I didn't get a co-host of the year award. It's coming. I'm, okay. <laughs> In the mail. Okay. But you got an award. I got the, two awards. The 2022 Business Broker, National Business Broker Podcast of the Year Award. Thank you. Thank um, you. Felt good. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was actually printed out, suitable for framing. So that's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm kind of putting it like right behind my right behind my desk. So when I'm on a Zoom call, yeah. it's, oh, that old thing. Right. Oh, it's don't, nothing. Don't worry about that. <laughs> that. That trophy back there. Oh, that one. Don't worry but about you, that old thing. But you're going to have it in your signature line on all your emails. And you got an award for a volume award for last year. And, and every year we have a luncheon, kind of summarize the year. We kind of get together as a team, kind of go through everything. How did the year go compared to prior years? You know, where are we at? Things that maybe we need to do. It's not a it's not a big uh, strategy session. It's more of a celebration. So we we do that. We go out to lunch, have uh, a few cocktails, and uh, and and I get to hand out awards for the brokers who got some some deals done for the year. So who won broker of the year? Debbie Small won broker of the year again for her dollar volume and Valerie Vaughn. Uh, got broker of the year for the most transactions completed, neck and neck with Debbie on on dollar volume. But I felt it was necessary to give them both those those big trophies, so that well deserved. And there are you know also every year we hand out awards for it's a, again a volume award, but we have eight people who qualified to go to Cancun this year. So. I'm looking forward to the year where everybody gets to go, but eight people out of our group, that's a pretty good number. It's a really good good number. number, So, uh, Well, congratulations to all that received trophies and are now putting those in their background on Zoom and uh, subtle flexing. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, two-parter that we have, Uh have a guest, Ben Davis. Ben was introduced to me by Stephen Heiner, our our good buddy, and he's been a, a podcast 
guest uh, for us too. But you know, we've talked about franchise systems, and we do a lot of resale of, of franchises, but it's a different animal. And Stephen's client, Ben Davis, with the Gents Place, uh, he's in Dallas, thought that it would be a good connection for us. So I, I talked to Ben a couple weeks ago and, and kind of went over some of the, the topics that we wanted to discuss and had a great conversation with him and thought it would be a good idea to bring him in. So, uh, Without further ado, enjoy this, uh, this first part of this conversation with Ben. Doug and I will be back to wrap it up. Ben Davis, who runs the Gents Place franchise. So Ben and I talked and and he graciously agreed to join us today and to share his story uh, about franchises, how he got started and and why franchising and some of the other things that he's done. So welcome, Ben. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us, Ben. Let's start at the beginning. So tell us a little bit about the business that you have and give us some background as far as why you got started, how you got started and how, how big you guys have grown. Yep, absolutely. So we actually started our business in 2008 and conveniently got our SBA loan two weeks before Lehman Brothers collapsed. Uh, so talk about timing. And I remember our banker calling me a few weeks after the SBA loan got approved and said, Hey, you haven't started spending your money yet. And I said, yeah, you know, we're, we're still doing the construction bids and all of that stuff. And uh, he said, well, hurry up and spend the money before we take it back from you. And uh, kind of paused in, the, in my tracks there thinking, oh my gosh, you can do that. And he says, Ben, Lehman Brothers just collapsed. The whole world's falling apart. Wow. Hurry up and take the money. And so I, I didn't realize it until later on how grateful a contractor is when you call him and say, I need to send you $50,000. We just send me an invoice before he starts working. I would never do that today, but <laughs> no uh, that, that, that was the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey is, uh, is wiring that money to trigger the SBA loan so we could keep the money flowing. And we ended up opening in December of 2008. And I watched over the next year, most of the businesses in the retail center go out of business. Uh, while we grew our business. And it's very, I'm great, very grateful for the work that we put in and the team that we had and how everything transpired because I didn't realize how tough it was going to be in the environment that I was entering. But since uh, 2008, and our first year in business was 2009. Uh, it's now 14 years later. So we had a half million dollars in sales uh, in that first year and just passed over $10 million in sales uh, this year across our system. So we now have 11 locations in uh, several states. So we're all over Texas. We're in Bentonville, Arkansas, Kansas City, Chicago, and Las Vegas. And we are actively franchising after a, a few year pause during COVID. Um, we anticipate awarding probably another five to 10 franchises this year and uh, continuing our growth uh, from here on out. So you've kind of gone into a, a recent push then. I mean, that's gonna yeah. that's gonna add quite a bit to the eleven. So you kind of took a, a little bit of a slow start, maybe. Well, you're not you're not planning on being the the Walmart of uh, men's hair care. No, and the concept. I'm glad you asked that. We we have positioned ourselves very uniquely to 
uh, serve an audience that thinks of the money they spend with us as an investment instead of an expense. And I, I would say that's probably a key differentiator is you have one segment of the market of men that are going to get their haircut. They see it as a necessary evil. They want to spend as low uh, amount of money as possible, get in and out as quickly as possible and leave. That gentleman tends to think of that um, that service as an expense. And then you have our clients and our members who are investing in how they show up to the world and to themselves. They are building their personal brands. They're looking at it as a networking opportunity, opportunity to do business with each other, buy and sell. We've had we've had many members buy and sell businesses from each other because of bumping into one another inside our locations. And so our clients and our members are looking for something more than just that haircut. So I did notice. So let's let's talk about the demographics then, kind of where you're at. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's changed over 14 years, as you can imagine. The demographics are getting younger. They're skewing younger. I read something that I think it was in 20 in 2023 or 2025. We're right around that time where 75% of the U.S. workforce will be defined as a millennial by their birth year. So when we first opened 14 years ago, I would say our demographic was this 40 to 50 year old business executive that, you know, would quote has already made it or is high income and afford the services and the memberships that we're providing. Now though, we not only have that gentleman, but we also have the 20 something young professional that enjoys what we call micro luxuries. You may have heard that in the, in the market where the younger crowd wants to invest in things that help them look and feel their best. They care about how they show up uh, and they want something nicer than just the barbershop down the street. So they're willing to sign up for a membership, get that little luxurious experience, but they can get it at $50 a month, for example, is kind of our entry level price point, give or take. So we're going after males. We're going after uh, guys that look at it as an investment. So they could be brand new young professional to real estate, to financial advisors, to business brokers, you name it. And now that the age range really could be anywhere from 20 year old college student up to, you know, a 60 year old business executive. So then if we could take me back to 2008, when you started location number one, how many locations did you ultimately build out before you started doing the franchise system? Well, I wouldn't recommend this to everybody or probably anybody, but it was a fortuitous, opportunistic uh, situation. So we opened our first location in Frisco, Texas, 08. And then a year into the business, I got a phone call from a gentleman that owned a similar business in Kansas City and Wichita, Kansas. Uh, they had developed a similar concept. They could not make the business work. They had a lot of investors involved. And they said, look, it seems like you know what you're doing. You've only been in business for a little bit of time, but you're clearly busy. One of the investors had come down to have an experience with us and said, we'd like to figure out some way to partner because we're just a bunch of investors. We lost our operator. And so my second location was an acquisition out of state. And I remember talking to the founder of La Madeline. I don't know if you've ever heard of the La Madeline concept, restaurant concept. And he even wrote a book on this called the slow or the fast snail approach. He said, open stores as quickly as possible, as close as possible to each other, even if they cannibalize your business a little bit, because it feels like you've got a really big presence. You know, you're on every corner that everyone drives. And he developed fast snail because he did the same thing I did. He tried to open a second location in Florida 
and it failed. And he said, I'm not, I'm not doing that again. I'm just going to hone in locally. So we did that. And I had met Patrick years later and I said, well, Hey, mine actually worked. Um, but I got really lucky. So the second location was an acquisition. We came in and said, it looks like all it needs is marketing. Of course, as soon as you say it just needs something, you're you're on the wrong track. Yeah. <laughs> all it needs is marketing, you know. Just, a, little, just a, a fresh paint of coat. That's all <laughs> that's it needs. Right. That's paint it. Of coat. <laughs> yeah. That's it. And uh, and so we get up there, and of course, it needs way more than marketing. The team members are some are great and some are, are not willing to follow the playbook. And so it took a, a little bit of time to get that turned around, but we had created a success story. And that's the Leewood, Kansas location where you guys are located. Created a success story there and then opened locations uh, back in Texas and Dallas proper uh, and then started at, uh, franchising and expanding uh, beyond that. What challenges do you see, you know, you being spread out with your franchisees? I'll, I'll, I think I've shared a little bit on the podcast that before coming to Apex, I was in a, a franchise myself and we were very, I think the next closest store was like 350 miles away. And so there was a lot of challenges on our side as far as, and, and we were in the food food service industry. So um, there was a lot of challenges with, from the franchisor's part of maintaining consistency as far as getting the, the same product to us, right? Same brand, same, you know, those types of things. So do you guys see that with the, with the geographical distance between your, your locations, anything like that, or because of the type of product and service that you're offering, it, you, you don't really run into the, to those challenges. Well, consistency is number one in any franchise system. Doesn't matter what the vertical is. And that acquisition early on for us, before we started franchising, forced us to develop systems that we could operate remotely. You know, I could not be in Kansas City all of the time. And so it forced us to create centralized distribution of products. It forced us to create ordering systems, you know, systemic things that would allow us to operate two different places at once. And so I think had that acquisition not happened early on, I may not have been able to franchise as early as I did. But to, to answer your question directly, like, it's always a challenge to operate a business remotely. And um, I'm actually going to be launching a, a podcast soon called The Untrapped Entrepreneur because so many entrepreneurs feel like they're trapped in their business. I can't leave it. Well, what happens when the girl who's supposed to open the location doesn't open? Then I have to go drive down and do it. I could never go on vacation, on and on and on. There, is a, there are methods, there are frameworks, there are, there's technology you can leverage to untrap somebody, um, to allow them to live the life that they want, because most of these people all got into business ownership for freedom. And then they get the exact opposite of that because they don't have those systems in place. So it's always a challenge for sure. But the use of technology, the willingness to step back, let some other people fail and create a safety net so you can work on the business instead of in the business is critical. And we're still coaching our franchisees to do that. I had many conversations where it's like, guys, step back, leave for a week. Yeah, but how could we leave? The whole place is going to burn down. It's not going to burn down. And guess what? If it burns down, you have insurance, right? <laughs> right. You'll, it's okay. You can rebuild it. <laughs> um, 
But that's the only thing I've found that actually creates good, consistent systems is the willingness to step back from the business and kind of allow things to fail so that you can figure out where the gaps are that you need to fill in. All right, we're going to hit the pause button right there. Thanks to our guest, Ben Davis of The Gents Place. If you're looking at more information, finding more information about The Gents Place, there's two places that will send you one as if just their public-facing website, and that's thegentsplace.com. And if you're looking about being a franchise and kind of what that is all involved with those guys, that's going to be TGP, as in The Gents Place, franchising.com. So once again, TGP franchising.com thanks again to our guest ben davis look forward to part two next week with ben where he gets into a little bit more about what they're looking for in franchisees what they're looking for what makes a good one what doesn't make a good one Mm -hmm. so until then but before we let you out of here we're going to send you our website as well kcapex.com that's going to be where you can find all of our businesses that we have for sale, none of which are the gents place. You can right. confirm that. You can get in touch with any of the team members here, any of our brokers. You can also check out our blogs and our podcasts. So if you are looking at buying or selling a business, there's really only one company you need to work with, and that's us here at Apex of Kansas City. Till next week, 